Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. Wrapping up our comparison or individualized prospect breakdown shows for the offensive line, the last show that we're going to do this week is going to be the overall positional breakdown show. Just going to be me and Ryan this week. But today we're doing Zion Nelson from Miami, Matt Bergeron from Syracuse. No spoilers, but one of these guys I'm not a huge fan of. Right, I think I realized we ended up pairing these guys by jersey number two, which is really weird. I, I, indirectly, I think we we ended up doing that. I was thinking about that when I was watching because because Nelson and Bergeron both were sixty. Yep. Uh, I think Freeland and uh, Harrison both were 77? 71. 71, and then Skaronsky yeah. and um, was seventy seven, and, and Johnson and were seventy seven. I don't. That's weird. But wow. those are like the only similarities between, <laughs> between it's, these guys. I mean, like seventy-seven is a pretty common yeah. jersey number. Seventy-one's a little. I less common, hate but sixty on offensive tackles. Yeah, man. I mean, you don't see that. I mean, can you name another sixty? Not a lot. I, I'm not. I, a, I don't think I can. I think if you're an offensive tackle, you have to wear seventy. I think if you're a center, you got to wear something in the fifties. Uh, I, I dis I disagree somewhat. Sixty eight's a pretty b- badass number for an offensive. I, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I uh I was a, I wore sixty my first two years in college as a long snapper. That makes sense now. That I had sense. to beg to get that <laughs> removed because I hated that number. But <laughs> that's funny. Were you a backup center, backup guard? God no, no. I just was. I had literally the la- I didn't even get to pick my jersey number. I sent in three number requests and and the, the equipment guy hated me so he's just like you get the ugliest the ugliest number on the roster what did you wear 41 was that your I switch I switched to 41 yeah. because that was I wore 51 in high school for football but I wore 41 for lacrosse and hockey so I was like all right I'm taking oh were taking you a, a better lac- number were you a lacrosse player yeah why is I was from North Jersey why is it that it makes sense now man it makes sense did you play baseball no, you're no, a track guy. No, I was track just guy. a track guy, just track well, and football. These guys aren't track guys that we're talking about today. Zion Nelson and Matt Bergeron, unless you have some random pull on their their track backgrounds, because you always uh, do. I think Zion may have been a track guy, but I'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure about that. I do have some cool backstories on each of these guys, though, so I'm excited to get into the backstories okay. on the, okay. both of these guys. <laughs> They're pretty crazy. I think I know the Zion Nelson one, but yeah. um, Let's get into it. Before we do, I just want to tell you folks about Bet Online. If you're like me, you get bored easily watching baseball games. You want to make it a little bit more fun. Get through the summer before the NFL and college football seasons kick off. Put some money down. It makes it a little bit more entertaining. I just put $10 down, and it makes me actually invested in the games that I'm watching. If you're going to do that, go to Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, 
Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan. Uh, let's get to Zion Nelson first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to get to this this background story on him. Let's get to yeah. that first because I kind of alluded to this pre-show before we started recording. I, I don't really have a whole lot of redeeming qualities I like about him. He's got really long arms. Sure He's does. Flexible. He's very sure flexible. Does. Sure you see is. that flexibility on tape. Uh, did not have a lot of other positive takeaways, but Ryan, the, the background story I'm assuming you're referring to is how he came in really early on as a starter, very underweight, and was just thrown into the pool and told to go figure out how to swim. Yeah. Nah, he was 260 pounds as a true freshman offensive tackle. Because he, he played tight end in high school, so then they moved him to offensive tackle, and they were in a situation where they just didn't have somebody, right? So he got thrown into the fire. I forget, what was the game he played, man? What was that game? The first first game of the season. He was a fre- he was a true freshman. They played someone he, big. Yeah, it was a big school. I, uh, I can't remember. Was it Alabama? No, nah, it wasn't Alabama. I, I they played remember. Alabama this year. Let me, let me look it up. Yeah, yeah, look it up. So it'd be twenty nineteen, the first game of the season, and he got no, no. It was Florida. I remember who it was. Now it was Florida. It was like Jonathan Green. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember watching that game because it was on like a really weird day and it was like one yeah. of the sloppiest football games <laughs> that Jer- season. Jaron Williams was the quarterback who was a retro yeah. freshman at the time and he got obl- obliterated that game. They gave up like, I think almost 10 sacks, if not 10 sacks. Like it was, yeah. and like, let's be honest about this, right? Zion Nelson got took to the woodshed, man. And he was, I mean, all season, it was just Miami fans hated him because they're like, oh, man, this kid shouldn't be playing. This kid I feel really bad for the kid. So the story is now, the next year, Joe, he comes in, he's 300-plus pounds, and he gained good weight, like not bad weight. Like his frame looks pretty good, and he was so much better in 2020, like ridiculously better. And we went into last season, I was just kind of like, wow, if he makes another j- jump like that, then he's a dude like he's going to be a dude because he's got some some traits to work with. And he took a big jump from 2019 to 2020. But then you go from 20 to 2021 and he just kind of stayed the same guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't take a massive step forward. So I'm still hopeful for him because it's a great story and he's got the baseline traits. But, you know, he needs to take a big step, obviously, in 2022. That last part that you added in, I definitely see that because right. I remember the progression he adds the bulk and everybody was really excited that he got bigger but then coming into this upcoming year like he hasn't taken another step forward has he hit his ceiling which you really hope that he hasn't I see a lot of rawness on tape which is why you can maybe bank on he still has time to figure it out he's new to the position as we dis- we discussed that tends right. to be a bit of a crutch sometimes I feel like when we're evaluating players who haven't um, played a certain position and made a transition. But Sometimes. for for me, like I saw, I'm not saying that you're using it as a crutch, mm-hmm. but like I always am afraid, not afraid, I'm reluctant to say he's new to the position as a reason why we should be optimistic. Right. But for Zion Nelson, the long arms is promising. I don't know if we have a measurement on that. But oh, got, we do. Guess, what guess is how it? long they are. Guess how long they are. They got to be like 35, 36. 35 even, baby. 35 yeah, he's got... Even. 
he has some massive arms. And that was like the one thing I immediately took note of, like long ass arms, super flexible. It took me a little bit to figure that out. And I was like trying to figure out what I liked about him. But flexibility is something that's hard to get on tackles of that size, which makes it, it promising. But dude, he is just so unrefined. And maybe being under Mario Cristobal, who is an offensive line guy, is yep. going to help that. But I saw extremely sloppy technique in pass protection, inconsistent technique as, as well. He was doing a lot of weird, different things each time. His steps were all over the place, out of position quite often. His hand placement was just whack to me. He was grabbing guys on the outside of their pads. Um, I think that he did a little bit better in the run game, but same thing with the kept grabbing guys really wide. And I'm surprised he didn't get called for more, more holding penalties. The reason why I'm not that big of a fan of him, and I feel like some people because last year they were hyping up as a as a, a possible riser. I feel like we're going to get a lot of that this cycle, and I feel like I see his name pop up from time to time. And right now, to me, this is a day three pick. Uh, way, way too raw. And I'm talking like mid-day three, like way too mid to early, like fifth round, fourth round pick. Because like he's just... Yeah. He's so freaking raw. And I, I feel like I'm hating on him, but like he's just got so much work to do, man. I don't, I don't know if one season, one off season is going to fix all that. See, Joe, in our in our pre in our pre-recording meeting, I thought that we were gonna be way off the 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 opinion here, but I don't disagree with you. I think I think he's a day three I player knew, right I, now. I knew you agreed with me, but I I I yeah. said to you that I just I don't I'm not a huge fan of him. I, I get I, it. But but th- these are the baseline things I always look for offensive tackle, right? Is the unteachables. Yeah. We already talked about the 35 inch arms. We talked about 6'5, yeah. 316. Like he's got a great body, obviously. The core strength needs to continue to improve because it's not good right now. And like you said, he is not refined in any avenue as an offensive lineman. I agree completely to all those things. Great body, great length. He has baseline traits from a flexibility perspective, and that's one of the biggest things I look for in offensive tackles is flexibility. So he has that, and he has traits to work with. To your point, Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabel, I think is how you pronounce his name, is the offensive line coach, worked under Mario Cristobal pretty much his entire career and was the offensive line coach for Penny Sewell and a really good Oregon offensive line over the last few years, right? So I'm promising for this one, but I I agree with you. Right now, I wouldn't touch him until day three. He's a day three dart throw right now because he has traits, but he's not ready to play football. Like he's not. So we don't disagree at all. I think I may be a, a little higher on his t- overall tools, but I think we see him in the same vacuum right now. Like he's a complete developmental guy, dart throw on day three. But I would say if he hits his ceiling, he's a day two player, I think. But we yes. haven't seen the ceiling yet. We if, haven't seen if it yet. there is a total technique cleanup, I think that he's he could totally be a day two pick. But that again, that is that is a huge massive gap of where he needs to get to in order to be there. I think that like the core strength is definitely key. His play strength wasn't great. He against Florida State, he didn't go against Jermaine Johnson most of the game. Uh, I'm blanking on the kid's name that he was going up against number four, who's not there anymore. By the way, I didn't know Micah Pittman transferred to Florida State. I just found that is out. It, is it Kier Thomas was the one that you're talking about? It might have been Kier Thomas, but there was one play where he went against Jermaine Johnson, and man, Jermaine Johnson put him in a body bag with a long arm, with a one-arm long arm. He just popped him, and and Zion was out. He was done that play. He couldn't do anything, and that was, that was when I was like, there are so many things need to be improved yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rawness is like it's understandable because he's got room to improve. 
I know. And, and I agree, Joe, there is a lot. I mean, with the position change guys, if you've hit a plateau, there is like that lame thing where it's kind of like, oh, he hasn't been playing it that long. And that can be overused. But I really do think it's it's valid here because I don't think the coaching at Miami was great at the offensive line position over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So we're at I'm any gonna, position. Right. Well, yeah, uh, that's also a very good point. But I, I'll say this. I'm going to give Crystal Ball. I'm going to give Mirabelle. I'm going to give that new staff some time with them because I think the tools are there. It's just mostly a refinement thing. And it's it's definitely I mean, there's a strength and conditioning thing that also needs to take place on Zion Nelson. But and, and they overall, got they got that Oregon strength coach, dude, who is exactly insane. He's yeah. insane. Dude. He does like push ups on the sideline. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a nut, nuts guy. And that Bergeron, I think, is a little bit further along than Zion Nelson. And I think it's easier to be optimistic on him. What was the the background on Bergeron? So we, we actually you interviewed Bergeron. And his yep. review is scheduled to drop on on Friday. That one should be coming out on Friday for anyone mm-hmm. who's interested. Going to be at least a day two pick, I think. But what's the what's the background on on him? Yeah. So Joe, the whole story. I don't know if you listened to it in the interview, but he was a. Yet, but what'd you say? <laughs> edited the interview yet? So I have not listened. Yeah. So Joe, he he's a Canadian kid. He's from Quebec, I think, if I remember correctly. I'll, I'll look it up, but I think it was Quebec. He went down with a group of 10 Canadian players to a Syracuse camp. Syracuse had no idea who he was. Zero. They didn't invite him. Like he, They came down on their own accord. Like The coach t- took the onus on himself to take him down to Syracuse because Syracuse isn't incredibly far from Canada. So they take him down, and he dominates this camp, man. Mm. Dominates it. Like, best player there. They offer him on the spot there. Not ever hearing his name before until that day, he 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 commits to them within like two hours, like the same day. He's like, "All right, cool, I'll go to Syracuse." They didn't know who he was, man. They didn't know who he was, <laughs> and now he's a six-five, three hundred twenty-five pound offensive tackle who is one of the best left tackles in the country right now, man. Like he's a really good player. I remember you told me that the other day. Did he tell you that story, or was that like something that was out in the in in the the metaverse? So I had I had um, Mike, who oh, I'm forgetting his last name right now, but he covers Syracuse for Sports Illustrated. Why am I forgetting his last name? It's Mike something with an M. Oh, he also no. um, he also believe in Syracuse as well. Yes, yes. Anyway, so Mike's a great dude. He had me on his show to talk about the Syracuse prospects for next year and he actually told me that story off and then you had, okay you fall yeah, yeah okay. and i followed up with it yeah so he is really really interesting because he's like you know you need to ask him about his backstory of how he got a syracuse offer so then i asked him and yeah man really really talented football player very talented so i did not get the backstory from a you know from a originality perspective, but it was a great, great question and great, great information because man, it's just, that stuff just doesn't happen too often, man. Like he just was not on the radar. He, mm-hmm. Joe, he told me in the interview that he thought he was going to play CFL football before he got offered by Syracuse. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to play, you know, at a Canadian school up in here. I'm going to go play CFL. He didn't even think that college football in the U S and the NFL was an like, he didn't even think it was an option. Like he didn't wow. even think where, so. Where the hell in Canada is he from? I think it's Quebec. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Uh, yeah. We don't need to waste our time looking up where he's from. Um, yeah. But Ryan, I, when I watched him, we didn't have as much tape on him. But 
I saw just a really clean offensive line prospect. Like I think right now he is going to slot somewhere day two. Somebody who just wants clean, refined, um, moves well, good footwork. Like I, I watched him. I didn't see really any def- like major deficiencies that, that were cause for concern. He didn't yeah. necessarily do anything that wowed me like Skaronsky and Paris Johnson did where I was like, these are first round guys. But I think mm-hmm. if you want to draft someone who's going to be steady is yeah. somewhere round two, round three, I think he fits that that mold perfectly because he just he mirrors well. His angles as a run blocker, I think, could improve. But I think overall, very well-rounded offensive tackle prospect. Yeah, I, I did an official evaluation on him actually already, and I gave him a, th- a three to four grade, late three to early fourth round grade, top 150 kid though. I mean, he's 6'5", 320, has enough length, good length in that regard, really smooth athlete, man. Like this kid can move really well. They run a lot of wide zone system there with Sean Tucker, who's a really talented running back in their system, a lot of zone just in general, inside and outside. And he, I mean, the movement skills are easy to see, in my opinion. I think core strength needs to improve a little bit, but yeah. like that's usually the case for a guy that's only going to be a junior in college, right? Like it's not like he's been playing a ton, but I mean, I think he locates second level defenders well. I think he moves well in space. And the most impressive thing about him for me, Joe, was I thought his grip strength was incredible, yes. man. Yes, I made when a note got, of that. I mean, when he, one of the only guys I made a note about that, dude. That was the when he, same when thing. He, bro, when he clamps it's over with. Now, the problem is that sometimes it gets wide hands and yes, he's playing a little yeah. bit outside the frame, which is something that needs to improve. But when he gets inside position and he clamps, you're not getting off. Like he has incredible grip strength. Yeah, I, I made a note of that. And I, I literally wrote down in my notes, when he grabs onto the inside of your pads, the ref's over. It's done. Yeah. The plays, You're out of the play. He was ending dudes when he did that. I would love to see him do that more consistently. And and the more times he does it, the more reps he's going to win. But dude, that grip strength, his play strength isn't anything like wowing. It's not like he's like physically just dominating dudes. I didn't really see a lot of that on tape, especially in the Clemson game that I watched on him. But that grip strength is, is, is rare. Like that's really, really nice. And, and I really thought he was a better pass blocker than run blocker, too. Like, he's yeah. really smooth in pass protection. You know, that was actually the – I'm glad you mentioned the Clemson game because that was the game that turned me on to him, man, because he – Miles Murphy's a guy that we're going to talk about in Edge Week who's a mm-hmm. darn good football player. So is Brian Brissett. But he had a good game against Miles Murphy. Really man. good like, game. Every game I've seen of Murphy so far against an off, opposing offensive lineman that I'm scouting – Miles Murphy gives him fits. I mean, he gave Ikem Aquanu fits last year, Miles Murphy. Against Bergeron, no issues, man. Like, Easy. no issues against Miles Murphy. So, yeah, that's kind of what put him on the radar. I agree right now, like, he's a late day two type of player, but early day two type of upside. Like, I think he has that in him because he's, like, there's just not many, like you said, there's not many deficiencies in his game. Like, you can see if he rounds out the hand placement and continue to improve his, his core strength, like, why can't he be a dude that goes in the second round? Like, I don't think there's any reason he can't be. And I think that's why he makes sense is like saying he can be a day two pick because I think he's further along and closer to the ceiling for what he's going to be as a prospect. And the way that I described him is didn't necessarily wow me, but doesn't mean that I can't, you know, I can't acknowledge the positives of that. And I think if you're not yeah. like really exciting me on tape and saying like, holy crap, that makes you a quality day two pick. And somebody's probably going to get a, a, a decent starter out of a guy like Matt Bergeron. There's not and, a lot of volatility for him. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of volatility. That's way, a good way to put it. And then also, Joe, it's like 
he's a pass blocking offensive tackle, right? Like that's his that's his calling card. It's like a cover corner. When you're watching film on those guys, you shouldn't hear their name much because, like, if no. you're hearing their names, that means that they're probably giving up catches or they're get letting up sacks. If you're an offensive tackle, those guys, the cleanness is what you're talking about with a Matt Bergeron. He kind of lulls you to sleep a little bit because it's like nothing's happening, and that's <laughs> a good thing that nothing's happening against him. It's like ah, oh, kick set. Oh, he he got him inside on his pads. Oh, he's in right. position again. He's in right. position again. <laughs> exactly. That was what it was like watching him. Um, Ryan, I think that's good enough to wrap us up on folks thank you for tuning in we're going to do our overview show just ryan and i this week alex is i think on vacation so alex enjoy your vacation uh be sure to hit that subscribe button on the hack city youtube channel at joe de leon at rise and draft at nfl prospects pod and we will talk to you later Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.